Senator Elizabeth Warren bows out of another race to which she doesn't belong. Bernie Sanders desperately attacks Joe Biden and President Trump goes on the offensive. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your online privacy today at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Well, I'm back. I'm sorry I missed the post-Super Tuesday show. We were a little busy having a baby. Uh, for those who didn't know, it was it was pretty awesome. Let me just say, Dr. Shapiro is an incredible badass. I mean, she is just, she was a warrior, man. I mean, she just battled through this thing. It was, it was wild to watch. It was pretty incredible. I mean, this is the third time I've watched her do it. My wife is pretty spectacular. She has female superpowers. I will get to that a little bit later on in the show when we get to some things I like and some things that I hate. But I'm excited to welcome into the world baby Shapiro number three. She is gorgeous. She's beautiful. And her siblings just love her. It's, it, it, it was, I, I will say, I was a little worried that her siblings were going to be upset because whenever you add a new sibling to the family, you have to worry that the kids are going to be like, well, this upends things. But her older sister is super into it. Her, her older brother, who's just a sweetie, was, is really into it too. Just adorable. So really loving it. And thanks for all the notes. I got a lot of notes from people congratulating us. We really appreciate all of the, all of the love and support. It's fantastic. And, uh, and yes, yeah, so I'm real happy about that. Also, I never got a chance to actually express my feelings about the outcome of Super Tuesday. So I'm going to spend a couple minutes here expressing my feelings about the outcome of Super Tuesday. First of all, um, who called it? Yep, that's right. Go back and listen to my show on Monday, right before Super Tuesday, or my Super Tuesday show, right before the actual election results came in, and you will hear me suggest that Joe Biden was going to win a majority of the delegates from Super Tuesday. And I will say some people were calling it, not that many, but, uh, you know, when you're right, you're right. Now, when you're wrong, you're wrong. I mean, I've blown as many as we've gotten right. But at least when I'm right, I get to pat myself on the back. I'm actually growing a third arm here to pat myself on the back. But that was really exciting. The new 538 primary forecast says that Joe Biden is not only going to win a plurality of the delegates, there will be no open convention. Joe Biden is going to win a majority of the delegates now, according to 538. So Bernie Sanders is absolutely toast. This makes perfect sense. If you look at the polls in Florida, it turns out, you know, it's a bad strategy for winning primaries in Florida coming out in favor of the Castro regime and also saying that Israel's a racist state. You know, a lot of Democrats in Florida are Cuban and Jewish. That's a real bad strategy. The polls in Cuba actually look like polls about Castro in Cuba. I mean, it's like all for Joe Biden. It's like 65% Joe Biden, 2% Bernie Sanders. Nobody likes Bernie in Florida. He's going to get whomped in Georgia. There's a good shot that he loses Michigan. So right now, 538 suggests that Biden is going to earn about 2,300 delegates. He only needs 1,990 in order for him to become the Democratic nominee. So Biden is right now the prohibitive front runner. And it is amazing how quickly things shifted. It was amazing how quickly, th- I mean, I've never seen anything like it in politics. It really was incredible. I mean, in my entire lifetime of politics, the, the, the fast shift here was unbelievable. Why? Because Joe Biden's a dead person, right? All Joe Biden does is go around and gaff. He just makes mistakes. Like even in the middle of his, of his big victory speech on Super Tuesday, he started speaking in tongues. He was misquoting poetry. He mixed up his wife and his sister, which immediately earned him the endorsement of Ilhan Omar. It was really weird, right? The the, the man's barely sentient. Nothing changed about Joe Biden. Only one thing happened here. Really only one thing happened. And that is that Bernie Sanders looks much better as an outsider than he does as an insider. He looks much better as the guy who is outside sniping at the front runner than he does as the person who is the front runner. Because once all of the focus turned on Bernie and he spent an entire week defending the Castros, Everybody's like, oh, that's a terrible idea. (laughs) And everybody sort of went, okay, well, if Biden wins South Carolina, we're all going to resonate around Biden. The only question was whether it was going to be Biden or Bloomberg as the chief opposition to Bernie. Biden obviously is much stronger than Bloomberg. 
not only because he has the history with Barack Obama and more support in the black community, but also because Bloomberg had performed horribly in the debates and had no net level of national support that was actually on the ground and materialized. So Biden ends up walking away with this thing. And as I say, he is now the prohibitive front runner. Now, that became even clearer when Elizabeth Warren bowed out of the race. We're going to get to that in just one second. It is delicious to watch all of these candidates bow out of the race. Elizabeth Warren waited around for like three days for no reason. No, it just demonstrates she has no political instincts at all. Elizabeth Warren. I have I have rarely seen a candidate blow a race the way Elizabeth Warren blew this race. I mean, she blew this race. It is incredible. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let's talk about saving yourself time and saving yourself money. Why would you schlep a bunch of packages over to the post office if you don't have to? Post office is great, but why would you like put everything in the car, bring it to the post office, maybe get a parking ticket? Like it's it's a complete it's a complete waste of time when you could do all of this from home. There's a reason I personally like Stamps.com and I personally use Stamps.com. Why would you waste time and energy? Instead, you can use the interwebs and get everything done right now. Stamps.com is completely online. Plus, you save five cents off every first-class stamp and up to 40% off shipping rates. If you're a little bit agoraphobic thanks to coronavirus, this is perfect for you. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail is ready, you just hand it to your mail carrier or you drop it in a mailbox. It is indeed that simple. Think about how much time and money you could have saved on letters and packages over the years, especially because Stamps.com gives you discounted postage rates you can't even get at the post office. There's no equipment to lease, no long-term commitments. It is a no-brainer. We use it here at Daily Wire. I use it personally. Take advantage of things that save you time and money if you run a business, particularly right now. My listeners get a special offer. It includes a four-week trial plus free postage and digital scale. No long-term commitment. Just go to Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage. Type in Shapiro. That is Stamps.com. Enter code Shapiro. Stamps.com. Enter code Shapiro. Okay, so... Senator Elizabeth Warren is out, which is great because she was awful, just awful, off-putting, annoying, a congenital liar, just awful. We, we actually have a clip of her announcing because she's a Native American, right? I mean, that's what she claimed for years. We have a clip of her announcing her her actual dropout. It's it's kind of sad. It was it was a it was a touching moment. Hear me, my chiefs. I'm tired my heart is sick and sad from where the sun now stands i will fight no more forever um guys that was the wrong clip guys i mean yeah i (laughs) by the way okay note to media me making fun of elizabeth warren for claiming she's native american is not me making fun of native americans it's me making fun of a horrible person who claimed she was native american for years to gain affirmative action benefits which is a terrible thing to do okay so elizabeth warren was awful in every every way so her actual concession speech her actual i'm out of the race was basically i am woman hear me like she she actually started singing nancy sinatra's these boots are made for walking and walking what i'll do she she's terrible Okay, so so she she did the whole, I'm a woman, I'm a victim. Everyone's victimizing me because I'm a woman. It's just there. Okay, let, let me make something clear to Elizabeth Warren. If Elizabeth Warren were a man, she would have performed like Beto O'Rourke, except worse, because Beto was at least from Texas. Elizabeth Warren performed horribly because she's a horrible candidate. She's a horrible candidate. The only reason that she was even at the top of the race for one single solitary moment is because she was a woman. The New York Times endorsed her explicitly because she was a woman. The attention she got was largely predicated on the supposed connection she had with women. By the way, she lost women in her home state of Massachusetts to Joe Biden. Women voted for Joe Biden over Elizabeth Warren. So what are all those women internalizing the patriarchy? Or do they find her just as off-putting as the rest of sentient human life does? She's terrible. 
She's absolutely awful. Elizabeth Warren was going around doing the, I was victimized as a woman because when I was pregnant, I wasn't allowed to keep my job, which again, there's no evidence to back any of this. She did, she's done the whole, I experienced sexism in the workplace routine. Like, really? You're a victim, Elizabeth? Okay, the, the reason that she lost is because, number one, she's a bad candidate who does stupid things and says stupid things. And number two, she made a couple of basic strategic errors. Strategic error number one, early on in the race, Elizabeth Warren had a choice. She had to pick a lane. Was she going to pick the left lane, the Bernie Sanders lane, or was she going to pick the moderate lane, the, the Joe Biden lane? She chose the Bernie Sanders lane. She figured that Sanders' support would be easier to steal than Joe Biden's support, and then she could bridge over into the Biden lane. So she endorsed Medicare for All, and that was the death knell for her campaign because her second move was to release a plan about Medicare for All. And as it turns out, Medicare for All is exorbitantly expensive, and you have to lie in order to get to numbers that make sense. And so she lied to get to numbers that make sense because she lies about everything. And people picked apart the lies and she started to sink in the polls. And so Elizabeth Warren collapsed. And so now you're hearing from the media the same sort of wailing you heard about Kamala Harris. Oh, America's racist because they didn't nominate Kamala Harris. No, Kamala Harris isn't the nominee because she was a garbage candidate. Elizabeth Warren is not the nominee because she was a garbage candidate. But here's Elizabeth Warren whining about there will never be, maybe there will never be a female president now that my hopes have been dashed. Okay, first of all, Elizabeth Warren, Hillary Clinton was the nominee last time. She won a majority of the popular vote. If she didn't, been slightly less lackluster. She didn't even have to be a good candidate. If she'd been slightly less lackluster, if she had not collapsed into a van in the last three weeks of the campaign, if she had not had a story breaking in the New York Times the weekend before that they were reopening her email investigation, if she had not been campaigning like a like a dunderhead, she's probably the president right now, Hillary Clinton. Okay, so spare me the America is sexist. It's, the, it's amazing. The left has a premise. The premise is that Americans are awful. And so every time Americans do something that proves that they are not awful, even in the view of the left, that only lasts for the amount of time that Americans are doing the not awful thing. Then they go back to the default state of being awful. So when Barack Obama was president, Americans had proved for a brief moment they were not racist because we are the only westernized country in human history that has elected a person of a minority race to the head of the country. Okay, this has never happened in Western Europe. I'm not aware of a single Western European country that has ever elected somebody of a racial minority to lead the country. The United States elected a member of a racial minority. Black, black Americans represent about 13% of the population. White Americans still represent about 65 to 70% of the population. They, they elected, we, we, the American people, I didn't vote for them. The American people, an overwhelmingly white country, elected a black man to be president of the United States. And for the moment, the media was like, oh, maybe Americans aren't so racist. Then Barack Obama was no longer president. And if you didn't vote for Kamala Harris, it was because you were racist again. Okay, well, last time around, Democrats voted to nominate Hillary Clinton. And now we get the entire lament that if, if Elizabeth Warren had been a man, then she would have been the nominee here. If Elizabeth Warren had been a man, she wouldn't have been, she would have been one of the first candidates out if she'd been a man. I mean, just a fact. But here she is whining about there being no female president. And I wonder what the message would be to the women and girls who feel like we're left with two white men to decide between. I know. One of the hardest parts of this is all those baby promises and all those little girls who are going to have to wait four more years. Um, that's going to be hard. Who thinks that little girls are sitting around? Like, I have a six-year-old girl. You think she's sitting around going, I can't believe Elizabeth Warren's out because now there's not a female president. You know what my daughter doesn't give two craps about this? You know why? Because nobody does. Because if you're a little girl in the United States, you are living the best life that any little girl has ever lived. Okay, girls in the United States have wonderful, incredible lives on average. 
The the idea that you had to make a woman president, Elizabeth Warren president. By the way, they're not going to have any of these nice words to say about Nikki Haley when she's running in 2024, are they? When you have a Republican woman running. Remember how they treated Sarah Palin? You remember all the female solidarity around Sarah Palin as the VP candidate? Remember how all the women came out of the woodwork and talked about how wonderful it was that there was a female VP candidate? Yeah, I don't remember that either because it never happened. Instead, it was she's not a real woman. That was, the, that was the rip. She wasn't a real woman. Also, just a quick note. I'm always amused by Democrats like Elizabeth Warren who suggest it is imperative. We must have a female president. Deeply, deeply necessary to have a female president. Also, a man can be a woman. Okay, you're going to have to pick. Either gender is a social construct and therefore it does not matter and is completely malleable or femaleness matters and you need a female president. You cannot, you cannot have it both ways. This is the same woman who suggested that she was going to have her education secretary appointed by a nine-year-old transgender child. So you're going to need to explain to me, like if Donald Trump declared himself a woman tomorrow, could Elizabeth Warren complain about it? If Donald Trump came out and was like, guess what, guys? Boom, I'm the first female president. Didn't see that one coming, did you? Ha, 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 ha. Could- <laughs> what would Elizabeth Warren have to say about that? He should do it just to, just to get her goat. It would be hysterically funny. Hey, Elizabeth Warren just proving how terrible she is. She also said she would issue no endorsements. So that <laughs> Bernie Sanders' hardest hit. So Bernie, she's taken about 10% of the vote from Bernie, probably. 8 to 10% of the vote. And unlike Klobuchar or Buttigieg, who immediately went and rallied for Joe Biden, Warren will not endorse Sanders. Now, the reason she won't endorse Sanders is because she hopes that Joe Biden will give her some sort of administration slot. And she's still lobbying for some sort of upward trajectory. Sanders is basically begging her. Right, Sanders says, Why should, of course I'd put a little bitch in my administration. Sure, she called me a liar, and I called her a liar, and we both hate each other. But I mean, if it means that she'll throw her minimum support to me, then, then I will do it, I suppose. Then I guess I will do it. Here's Bernie saying that he would give Warren a slot in his administration, which, again, is about as much of a fantasy as his communist utopia, which will not materialize in the United States. They're asking Senator Warren to be a running mate. It's too early to talk about that, but uh, certainly uh, I have a lot of respect for Senator Warren uh, and would love to sit down and talk to her about what kind of role she can play in our administration. By the way, if he does that, his first word should be, remember that time I told you that if you ran, you would fail? <laughs> remember that time I told you, remember you said on the national debate stage that I told you that a woman could not win the nomination? Well, you could pay up at this checking counter right here, right now. Elizabeth Warren, <laughs> Warren, by the way, says, no, 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 I'm not going to endorse anybody. I'm too busy solipsistically navel-gazing. Here she is. Will you be making an endorsement today? We know that you spoke with both Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders uh-huh. yesterday. Uh, not today. Not today. Not today. I need some space around this and I and want to take a little time to think a little more. Uh, I've, been, I've been spending a lot of time right now on the question of suspending and also making sure that this works as best we can mm-hmm. for our staff, for our team, for our, our volunteers. So it could, it, could be coming, it could be coming, but just not right now. Not right now. Okay, she's so awful, right? Because right now, if she endorsed Sanders, it actually would actually give him a bub, but she's not going to do it. So she's so selfish and terrible that she supposedly is for Medicare for all and all of Bernie's radical plans. And the problem is that Bernie just can't materialize them, except she's a garbage person. So she won't even endorse him. So really solid stuff. She gets exactly what she deserves. But in a second, we're going to get to the widespread mourning for a candidacy. That was an epic failure. Epic failure. Remember, back in October, she was the presumptive nominee. Back in October, she was leading the national polling. She was leading a lot of the state polling. She had an organization, a ground game in Iowa, New Hampshire. Wow. What a collapse by Elizabeth Warren. We'll get to the media just weeping. Oh over Elizabeth Warren in just one second. First, let us talk 
about a simple fact. There's a lot of crime going on in your, in your neighborhood. I didn't even know how much crime was going on. Like, I knew there was crime in my neighborhood. I've seen crimes being committed in my neighborhood. But until you actually use Ring's Neighborhood app, you don't know what kind of crimes are being committed in your neighborhood. We had some breaking and entering. Okay, this is one of the reasons. It's good because I can actually see what's happening and where these crimes are happening. But it's one of the reasons why you should have Ring and you should have Ring devices on your home so you know what's going on on your property at all times. Ring gives you protection at every corner, helps you create custom, affordable security for your home. Ring's video doorbells let you answer the door and check in on your home anytime from anywhere, which makes me feel a lot of comfort. I got small kids at home. I want to make sure my property is safe at all times. And again, a lot of street crime in the area that I live. It's been going up because of the garbage government of, of Los Angeles. Well, I want to make sure that my home is protected so that I can even call the police remotely, even if I'm not at home and I can see something is going on on my property. Ring does all of this stuff. Ring detects motion when people come onto your property and you immediately receive notifications on your phone, tablet, or PC. And then you can see, hear, and speak to these visitors in real time from anywhere. Get a special offer on your Ring welcome kit when you go to ring.com slash Ben. That includes the Ring Video Doorbell 2 and Chime Pro. It's all you need to start building custom security for your home today. Just go to ring.com slash Ben again. Ring.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. Ring.com slash Ben and get a special offer on that Ring Welcome Kit. It includes the Video Doorbell and the, the Chime Pro. Check them out. Ring.com slash Ben. Okay, so the media continue to maintain that this is all about Elizabeth Warren being a, a girl and not about Elizabeth Warren being a terrible candidate. So th this was the, the constant statement. Kamala Harris, another failed candidate. She says, well, I have legitimate questions about whether it's hard to be a woman. Your legitimate question should be why you, with every intersectional advantage, were one of the first candidates to drop out. Maybe you're just bad at your job. Maybe it's that. Again, the New York Times only endorsed Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar because they're both women. That is the only reason. Because Warren and Klobuchar disagree on a lot of things. They endorsed both because they were women. Stop telling me that being a woman in American politics is this grave disadvantage when Democrats nominated the popular vote winner, a woman, last time, and when all of the immediate conventional wisdom frontrunners in the Democratic primaries were women, like Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren, and just flamed out because they're bad. Here's Kamala Harris whining. I think that, that we all know, and this election cycle in particular, has also presented very legitimate questions about the challenges of women running for president of the United States. Why do you say that? Well, it's obvious. Just look at what's happened. Look at what's happened. There are no women currently in this race. And um, I, you know, we can have a longer discussion about it, but the reality is that there is still a lot of work to be done to make it very clear that women are exceptionally qualified and capable of being the commander-in-chief of the United States of America. Okay, Tulsi Gabbard standing over here like, hey, well, how about me? How about me? I've got all the genetics. I'm over here. I think Tulsi Gabbard's still in the race, by the way. All these others are not. Tulsi just laughing at them. Okay, but, but Kamala Harris saying that there are so many questions to be answered. Okay, again, maybe the question that needs to be answered is why you're terrible at your job. Maybe that's the question we should start asking. It's, it's so, it's, it's incessantly ridiculous. Truly. These are all Democratic voters, by the way. So they're ripping on their own Democratic base. They're saying that Democratic voters are a bunch of sexists. So enjoy. They've already called their own voting base sexist and racist. I hope they continue to do this. Rachel Maddow complained about this too. She said, this is a death nail, a death nail for women for president. Sure it is. Sure it is. I think part of what's going on today is that women around the country are like, okay, honestly, you know, if it's not, if it's not going to be any of them, let's get real. Is it just, is it just that it can't be any woman ever? Are we just going to run, you know, White men in their late 70s against each other, both parties, and that's all we can agree to do. I think there's a there's a feeling that your campaign ending is 
is, is very specific to you. And it also feels a little bit like a death knell in terms of the prospects of having a woman for president in our lifetimes. I'm sorry, this is this is tiresome garbage because Nikki Haley's going to run in 2024. And you know what's going to happen? All these same people are going to viciously attack her and say that she's not a real woman. That's what's going to happen. They attack, they viciously attack Ivanka Trump. There's not a, there's, they viciously attack Meghan McCain as not a real woman. I cannot think of a conservative woman they will not viciously attack as not a real woman. So spare me the gender solidarity bullcrap. Also spare me this nonsense because women in Massachusetts, her home state voted for Joe Biden. Did they all internalize the patriarchy? Are all of them people who hate women? Like you're going to have to explain this. It's just, it's so self-serving and ridiculous. This, uh, of all the self-serving nonsense, this, this probably was my favorite. An ex-Hillary aide came out on national television and said, well, you know, what, what we really need, what we, Zerlina Maxwell, she worked as director of progressive media for Hillary Clinton. She said that, that Elizabeth Warren would have done better if she were a man. False. Fact check, false. Also, she suggested that, you know, we need men to push for women to lead, not just to wait till they have wives and daughters to realize that women are people too. How about women realize that women are people too and some women are better than others at particular things? How about that? But no, apparently all women, women, so the things I've learned from the media in the last two years, believe all women, women never lie. And every woman who runs for president should win. Alternatively, that's a bunch of crap. And some women are great at politics and some women suck at politics. And some women lie and some women tell the truth, just like all other human beings. Here's Zerlina Maxwell being adult. I find it interesting. Mostly men say this, and this is not because I'm on set with two men. Yeah. I'll say it's not you guys. Thank you. Right? Thank you it's guys. not you guys. Um, but we have never had a woman president. And for some reason, only it seems like only women are concerned about this fact. And I would like more, more men to be vocal about the fact that they want to see women in positions of leadership. Don't say, oh, well, we can just pick Kamala as the vice president. Why does a woman have to settle for the number two job? She's not Hold on. She's not settling for anything. She didn't earn the votes. You don't get to choose which position you hold. Okay. It, you know how many Americans would like to be president? A lot. You don't get to choose. Why does she have to settle? She has to settle because she failed, because she flamed out, because she was a crap candidate. This is such, it all, again, goes to this basic narrative, this basic left-wing narrative, which is that equality of outcome is the only proof that equality of opportunity was provided. That only if an equal number of women and men end up as president, did women have the opportunity to run for president. And that's just not true. It's not true. Maybe some of these candidates were bad. Maybe Joe Biden had an inherent advantage because he was vice president. Maybe Bernie Sanders had an inherent advantage because he's been running for president for the last the last four years nonstop and had a built-in base. It turns out that the two most viable candidates from the beginning with the largest bases were also the candidates who are there at the end. Is that any grave shock? Not really. I mean, I sort of analyzed it that way when, when Biden and Bernie first jumped in. I said it was going to be a two-person race. So, it's, so again, it, the, the whole thing is very, very silly. Okay, in a second, we're going to get to Bernie versus Joe. Bernie on his last legs here, which is just delicious. And the New York Times coming in from the ropes and just crushing Bernie. Really, they, they're, they're all in for Biden at this point. We'll explain in just one second. First, let's talk about those days. You remember those days where you would get the newspaper and actually have to cut out coupons or you'd look in the mail and, ooh, a Bed Bath & Beyond coupon. Yay. Well, that was really irritating. I remember my mom had an entire drawer filled with coupons. What if you didn't have to do any of that stuff? And what if you didn't even have to go online and look for promo codes? What if there was an app that did it all for you and just gave you the automatic discounts? Well, lucky for you, there is. It's Honey. Know that Honey is the free online shopping tool that automatically finds the best promo codes and applies them to your cart. You know how great it feels to save, but how does it feel to save with Honey? It feels amazing because again, it just runs in the background of your computer every single time I check out. After I buy something, 
Honey tries to apply promo codes. I've saved probably thousands of dollars at this point using Honey. It works on all the major websites ranging from Amazon to eBay. Like Honey is constantly looking for deals for you. Did you know that Honey supports over 30,000 stores online? That includes directly stores like Macy's, Target, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. They're adding more every single day. Honey has found it's over 18 million members, over $2 billion in savings. As I say, it saved my family thousands of dollars. Using Honey feels amazing. Think of it as a little daily victory over the marketplace. Plus, it is free to use. and installs in just a few seconds. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash Ben. Again, that's joinhoney.com slash Ben. Joinhoney.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. Okay, so meanwhile, as I say, Bernie Sanders is on his last legs of this campaign. 538 suggests that Bernie is about to collapse. They're now giving Joe Biden an 88% shot at winning a majority of the delegates. And so Bernie is running out this slog. His supporters are deeply unhappy. They are claiming, of course, that he's getting jobbed in all of this. And they're getting increasingly vicious and nasty. So it's fun to watch Bernie and Biden go at each other. So Bernie and Biden, we, we now have Statler and Hofstetter from the, from the Muppet show. Yeah. Bernie, what do you think about this show? This show is terrible. Ah so Bernie and Joe Biden going at each other. So Biden texted out, here's the deal, folks. Social Security is on the ballot this year. And the choice couldn't be clearer. I'll protect and expand it. Donald Trump will cut it and take it away. And Bernie tweeted back at him. Here's the deal. Joe Biden has repeatedly advocated for cuts to social security. I fought my whole career to protect and expand it. And Joe Biden then responds. Get real, get real, Bernie. The only person who's going to cut social security if he's been elected is Donald Trump. Maybe you should spend your time attacking him as in... And then Bernie responds, get real, Joe. One of us has a history of not only fighting cuts to Social Security, but working to expand benefits. And that's why we are the campaign best positioned to defeat Donald Trump. So old men shouting at each other. So if you, li- if you like this sort of thing, let me recommend a movie. Grumpy Old Men, Walter Matthau, Jack Lemmon, uh, and a late stage Anne Margaret. Fairly solid movie. M- more entertaining than this. Watching old people shout at each other at the old age home. It's really, really entertaining. Sanders is opening up his guns. He's saying Joe is getting Wall Street money. Now, the fact is that it's amazing. Like the most telling attacks on each other, the Democrats just will not use. Like why has Sanders not attacked Hunter Biden yet? Why? How is that a possibility? Why has Sanders not attacked the fact that Joe Biden is not a sentient human? Like there, okay, it is not wrong to be seriously concerned about Joe Biden's age and decrepitude. It is not. The man is blundering every which way, every which way. Now the media, you know, Twitter just established a rule today. This is hilarious. Twitter just established a rule that you are not allowed to make jokes that they expanded their hateful conduct rules to include language that dehumanizes on the basis of age, disability, or disease just in time for Joe Biden to win the nomination. So there go, okay, Boomer, there go all of my jokes about Joe Biden. I guess we can't make fun of the fact that Joe Biden has the same mental functioning capacity as one of the plants in the background of the show at this point. I'm not saying he's a vegetable. He's not a vegetable. I'm saying that he is a form of plant life that may or may not be a vegetable. There's a lot of cellulose is all I'm saying. I mean, Joe Biden just yesterday seemingly forgets Barack Obama's name, the man he worked for. Like, again, you got to feel a little, I'd feel bad for him, except he's going to get the nomination. Joe Biden is not all there. Okay, I have, both my grandmothers are still alive. Okay, one is 95 and one is 90. Okay, they are both in better mental functioning health than Joe Biden is at this point. Here, here is Here is Joe Biden Forgetting the president he worked for while declaring that he runs for Senate. Like, how, how is Sanders not going after this? It's amazing. 
They invaded another country and annexed a significant portion of it called Crimea. Right. He's saying that it was President, my boss, it was his fault. It was President, my boss. You mean President Obama, the man you worked for, the only reason that you're a front runner right now? How is Sanders not going after that? Instead, Sanders is just going to keep doubling down on the communism. He says, Joe's getting Wall Street money. It's all about the Wall Street. Okay. You know what attack doesn't work? This one. You tried it on Pete Buttigieg. It didn't really do much damage. You've tried it on pretty much everybody, Bernie, and it ain't going anywhere. Right now, uh, <laughs> what you're seeing is uh, Wall Street opening up its checkbook to uh, Joe Biden. Uh, you're seeing uh, Mike Bloomberg uh, worth some $60 billion prepared to support uh, Joe Biden. And, and that is what a corrupt political system is. Yeah, he, he's he's toast. He's toast. And not only is he toast, the reason he's toast is because he's Bernie. Now, here's the bad news, is that in the future, the socialists could run a non-geriatric, uncharming old grandpa who shouts at the moon. Right? They could run somebody who's actually better at this than, than Bernie Sanders. That's what I'm afraid of in the future for the Democratic Party. But Bernie is an old commie. It, it, talk about a story, by the way, that should have been run in 2016. The New York Times has a story today titled, As Bernie Sanders Pushed for Closer Ties, Soviet Union Spotted Opportunity. Previously unseen documents from a Soviet archive show how hard Mr. Sanders worked to find a sister city in Russia when he was mayor in the 1980s. Moscow saw a chance for propaganda. No bleep. Okay, there's been tape of Bernie floating around for years, shirtless in the Soviet Union. Only now does the New York Times see fit to point out the fact that the Soviet Union was using the man as a fellow traveler? Of course they were. That's what the Soviets did. But we're supposed to believe that Bernie was some sort of good-hearted non-commie? According to the New York Times, the mayor of Burlington, Vermont, wrote to a Soviet counterpart in a provincial city. He wanted the U.S. and the Soviet Union to, quote, live together as friends. Unbeknown to him, his desire for friendship meshed with the efforts of Soviet officials in Moscow to, quote, reveal American imperialism as the main source of the danger of war. So in other words, they saw him as a useful idiot and they used him as a useful idiot. The New York Times examined 89 pages of letters, telegrams and internal Soviet documents, revealing in far greater detail the extent of Sanders' personal effort to establish ties between his city and a country many Americans still considered an enemy. They also show how the Kremlin viewed these sister city relationships as vehicles to sway American public opinion about the Soviet Union. Collusion. Russian collusion, except real. A Soviet foreign ministry document said one of the most useful channels in practice for actively carrying out information propaganda efforts has proved to be sister city contact. The documents are part of a government archive in Russia, which became the sister city of Burlington in Yaroslavl. The files are open to the public, but here's the key. Until now, no one had asked to see them. Until now, he's been running for president since 2016. Only now? Only now? The Sanders campaign does not dispute the document's authenticity. The documents are included in a file titled Documents about the Development of Friendly Relations of the City of Yaroslavl with the City of Burlington in 1988. In a statement, the Sanders campaign said the candidate was proud of his grassroots diplomatic efforts. And he just doubles down on the communism. And that's why Bernie is basically toast. Instead, so Sanders reached out to the Soviet Union. He basically did prep for them. He, he did propaganda work for them, claiming that the U.S. was responsible for the Cold War and all of the rest. Amazing that it took the media this long to figure it out. Okay, so in a second, we're going to get to Donald Trump and how he has been responding to all of this. But first, let us talk about how you can protect your online activity. Okay, even if I were not a public figure, I would be deeply concerned about people stealing my data. I mean, I've had my credit card stolen online before. It is no fun. But as a public figure, I'm super concerned. And that's why I use a VPN. I've been using a VPN for years. You should use a VPN too. There are just too many people out there who want your data. 
Go check out right now ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of your data with the best in-class encryption, so your information is always protected, even when you're using public Wi-Fi, like at a cafe or at a hotel. Even if you're using incognito mode, by the way, it is not enough. Your online activity can still be traced. Even if you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can see every single website you've ever visited. So you thought that you were free and clear. You are not, my friend. Incognito didn't do the trick. You need a VPN. ExpressVPN works on everything. Phones, laptops, routers. Everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can still be protected, even if they don't have ExpressVPN. And listen, it's very easy to get a VPN. So if you don't protect yourself, that one is sort of on you. Protect your online activity today with the VPN I trust to secure my privacy. Visit my special link at expressvpn.com slash Ben. You can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Ben, expressvpn.com slash Ben. To learn more, go check them out right now. Okay, before we go any further, it is that glorious time of the week when I give a shout out to a Daily Wire subscriber today. It's Carly Flanders on Twitter, who's doing parenting 100% correctly. In this picture, Carly is sitting next to her husband who is wearing a fantastic facts don't care shirt and holding up his elite beverage vessel. Carly is holding up their very chill, very adorable baby. That's a cute baby who is wearing a facts don't care about your feelings onesie. Yes. The caption reads, Ben Shapiro, real daily wear, teaching her young. Hashtag leftist tears tumbler. Hashtag facts don't care about your feelings. It's true. That is, that is nailing the parenting game right there. Thanks for the pick, Carly. Congrats to you both on the growing family. Also, Super Tuesday is finally over. The super savings remain, so we are continuing to give you 25% off all Daily Wire memberships with coupon code NEVERSOCIALIST. Grab this deal while it lasts. It won't be around much longer, much like Bernie Sanders' candidacy. Daily Wire members get an ad-free website. They get access to all of our live broadcasts and show library, the full three hours of the Ben Shapiro Show, access to the mailbag, and now exclusive election inside op-eds from me. Yes, indeed. Daily Wire members also get to ask us questions live, like many of you saw on our Super Tuesday coverage on Backstage, which was interminable and endless and also wildly entertaining. Along with all of this, of course, you get the magnificent, the irreplaceable, the singular, the incomparable leftist tears tumbler. If you haven't already, download the Daily Wire app so you can get all of our great content on the go. Again, 25% off Daily Wire memberships right now. For all plans, just use coupon code NEVERSOCIALIST. Head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Act now before it is indeed too late. That is dailywire.com slash subscribe. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. All righty. So Joe Biden, who is now sailing to the nomination, he is claiming that he is going to beat President Trump. Of course, he says that he is the person best positioned to beat President Trump. Now, to analyze that claim, First of all, here is Joe Biden. The, the greatest obstacle to Joe Biden being president is the fact that the man is no longer fully functional. And that, that is, in fact, the greatest obstacle. And as we'll see, Donald Trump is still a very lively human being. He's very funny. He's very lively. He's excellent on the stump. It's hard to get enthusiastic about Biden. That also means it's hard to get enthusiastic about getting out to stop Joe Biden. But Trump does drive up the, the enthusiasm of his base really high. There, there are a couple of specific areas. Look, Trump needs to run a disciplined campaign. If he wants to win, he needs to run a disciplined campaign. I think there are a lot of Republicans right now who are whistling past the graveyard a little bit. I think there are a lot of Republicans right now who are a little bit too sanguine about Trump's chances against Joe Biden. They're looking at the polling and they're saying, well, the polling is, is early. That's true. It is early. It is also true that early polling has generally been kind of close to what final presidential polling looks like. For example, back in 2012, Barack Obama had a fairly low approval rating. At this same time, Barack Obama running against Mitt Romney Romney was just wrapping up the nomination in 2012. Barack Obama was skunking him by somewhere between seven and 10 points in all the polls. He ends up winning by like five points. Okay. Joe Biden right now in all the polls, all the national polls is leading Donald Trump pretty significantly. And that means that Trump has some ground to make up. It also means that Trump is going to have to run a disciplined campaign where he doesn't get in his own way. That said, Trump does have a couple of 
pretty rich lines of attack on Biden. One, of course, is Hunter Biden, which we'll get to in a second. The other is that Joe Biden is not with us. Here is here is Joe Biden, who has checked out. Not all of the bats are in the belfry. Not all of the lights are on in the attic. Not all of the cookies are in the cookie jar. Here, here is Joe Biden. One thing the president does want to do from the very beginning is face me because I will beat him, period, period. He has done everything in his power. He's even risked his presidency because he doesn't want to face me. A rhetorical question. Have you ever, ever seen a sitting president get so involved in a Democratic primary and focus so much attention on not wanting a single person, me, to become the nominee. The president does not want me to be the nominee. Okay, so th- this is Joe Biden's claim. Here is President Trump's response to all that. He says, yeah, I was set for Bernie, but, uh, you know, I guess I'll go after Joe if I have to. Here's the thing about Trump. Dude has no limits. He is a WWE wrestler. He will pick up a folding chair. He will hit Joe Biden physically with the folding chair. The man will jump from the top rope. Giant orange wrestler coming at you. Here is... He- He's the man. He's hysterically funny. Okay, put put everything else aside. Donald Trump is a very funny human being. Here is Donald Trump going after both Bernie Sanders and then just sideswiping Joe Biden. So you want to face Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders? That's my question. I'll tell you, I was all set for Bernie because I thought it was going to happen. You know, we get ready for things, right? So mentally, I'm all set for Bernie. Communist. I had everything down. He's a communist. (laughs) I was all set. And then we have this crazy thing that happened, right, on Tuesday, which he thought was Thursday. (laughs) But he also said 150 million people were killed with guns and he was running for the United States Senate. Support me. I'm running for the United States. There's something going on there. (laughs) He's a comedian. I mean, he is a stand up. He has the timing of a stand up. Like he waits for the laughter to roll and then he goes. He's very funny. I mean, this is what people love about Trump. And again, in a debate, he could really show up Joe Biden because Joe Biden, all he has to do is really pull the Chris Christie. All he has to say is, Joe, you can't get through a sentence here. And then Joe Biden be like, well, I didn't know this evening. I'll be like, Joe, just spit it out. And Joe will be like, I, I can't believe you're saying this about Chavez. You will go Mike Chambu. I mean, it's, it's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly really, really quickly. Now, listen, Trump isn't, uh, isn't fully in command of the English language either. I've suggested that a Trump Biden debate is going to be the Swedish chef versus Chewbacca. But with that said, Trump is at least awake. I mean, Joe Biden has been unconscious for the past several years. And so President Trump also says, listen, I'm not going to sit by. OK, this is not going to be me running a non-aggressive race. He was asked about, you know, are you off-putting to people in the middle of the country? He says, listen, I'm not going to I'm not going to not hit back if I get hit, which is one of the things his supporters absolutely love. There's a Gallup poll out today. Showing Republican enthusiasm to vote is at an all-time high. That makes perfect sense. Here is here is Trump. I think the way we unite is really through success. But when they hit us, we have to hit back. I feel that. I mean, there's two ways of doing it, turning your cheek. But I wouldn't be sitting up here if I turned my cheek. If I said, OK, let them just keep hitting at me and I won't do it. They're not interviewing me right now. They're interviewing somebody else. Maybe they won't even be doing that. Because if they don't get ratings, they don't interview anybody. That I've learned. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, you can't turn your cheek. Okay, so he, he's going to be like this all the way through, right? He, the, President Trump is never going to back away from the aggressiveness. And that has its downsides, which is that he says things that are wild and, and a lot of people find off-putting. And it has its upside, which is that he is a weapon against Biden. So the real question in this election is going to be whether Trump can again make it a referendum on his opposition. That's much harder with Joe Biden than it would be on Bernie. 
right? With Bernie, it's very obvious how you go after Bernie. Bernie's a threat to the country, like a real actual threat to the country. The fact that Bernie lost and is falling apart is excellent. It's good news for the country. It means that maybe we still have something in common, namely that we don't think that communism would be better for the society than capitalism, namely that we don't think that America is an inherently evil place rooted in horrifying principles. Okay, but as a candidate, Biden is harder to attack. Why? Well, one, he's been around longer. Two, he's a shapeshifter, right? That's where Trump's really going to hit him is that he's taken every position on every possible issue. And, And three, Biden is not uncharming, right? I don't like Joe Biden. I don't find him all that, all that, effective or charming, but he's not like Hillary. One of the questions that Trump has to be asking about Biden is who is Biden going to lose that Hillary won? If you want Biden to win fewer votes than Hillary, who is Biden going to lose that Hillary won? It's it's hard to come up with that answer, which means that Trump needs to win some additional votes. It means that Trump needs to, to win some additional votes. But all of that is predicated on the idea that everything is baked into the cake with Biden. I'm not sure that is the case because again, the media have sort of been shielding us all from the downsides of Joe Biden. Like all the attacks from Biden have been from the left, but he's not been hit from the right on anything yet, Joe Biden. And there are some pretty rich areas where you could hit Joe Biden from the right. Namely that Joe Biden presided over a pretty bad administration. The Obama administration was not bad. His record in the Obama administration was not good. Obamacare has been a pretty large scale failure. Joe Biden has been in Congress forever and has gotten really not a lot done. And the stuff that he has gotten done, he's apologized for like the crime bill. And most of all, Joe is real vulnerable on the Hunter stuff. I know that people in the media are trying to downplay the Hunter stuff in the same way they downplayed Hillary's emails and Benghazi and all the rest of it. That's not going to work. There are serious questions to be asked about why every member of the Biden family has got rich off the Biden name. Now, you're going to see the Democrats try the same thing with Trump. They're going to suggest that Jared and Ivanka are getting rich off of Trump. They're going to suggest that everybody in Trump's family is working under the Trump rubric. Yeah, the difference is that Trump is a mud monster, as I've said before. Trump is not vulnerable to character attacks because people don't think he has tons of character. Joe Biden is fairly well thought of, right? People have good opinions about Joe Biden as a person. That means he also has further to fall. That's a problem for him. So here is Donald Trump saying, listen, Biden is damaged, right? Biden is a damaged candidate. And he's going to be further damaged by the time this is over. I think, I think that uh, Biden has been damaged. Yeah, a lot of people, I saw a couple of statements, very strong statements by very respected people in your world saying they aimed at Trump, but they took Biden down. And really, that's what happened when you think, because you look at the sun. Okay, he, he is he is not going to hold back here. Trump was on Sean Hannity's show. He said the same thing. He said, it's crazy the Democrats did not hit Hunter Biden. Uh, it's not a campaign issue for the Democrats. They don't want to bring it up. They were obviously told you can't bring that up. So even people that are against, uh, if you look at uh, Joe, they're against Joe. They don't want to bring that up. That was off bounds. I watch uh, certain reporters say that this is totally unsubstantiated and we're sorry to even ask you a question. Anderson Cooper. Then he asks a question at one of the debates, and it was so mild, and a ridiculous answer is given because there is no answer to it. Of course, it's corrupt. Trump's a bulldog, and he and that's the problem for that is the biggest problem for Biden. One, his incipient senility, and two, the fact that that Joe Biden actually is well thought of, and Trump, his specialty is dragging people through the mud. Okay, there's one other asset. Okay, there's one other asset that 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 Trump has here, and that is people tend to think that Trump is, you know, this out-of-the-box guy. I've said it before. People tend to think that Trump is the guy who ruined American politics. He's so terrible. He's so awful in every way. Just awful. Just terrible. Okay, there's only one problem with that. Donald Trump did not kill American politics. He is not the murderer. He is the coroner. So for all of the off-putting things that Trump says, all the terrible things that Trump says, and he says off-putting terrible things sometimes, we've been here for quite a while. 
for like a long time. And Chuck Schumer proved it over the last 48 hours. So Chuck Schumer spoke on Wednesday at this event outside the Supreme Court. We'll talk a little bit later on in the show about that event outside the Supreme Court. It was wild. But Chuck Schumer, the Senate Minority Leader, spoke at this event outside the Supreme Court protesting because inside the Supreme Court, they're deciding on whether a Louisiana law that restricts abortion clinics to having to have inpatient privileges, whether whether that law is legal. So Chuck Schumer is speaking about abortion and he openly threatens two Supreme Court justices, like just actively threatens them. So here is Chuck Schumer doing this again. Bad politics, vile politics, saying horrible things, threats, brutality in rhetoric and politics did not start with Donald Trump. And anyone who says that they that it did is lying to you openly. Here is Chuck Schumer, who's been on Capitol Hill since before I was a child saying exactly the sort of thing that, that you would expect to hear from Trump. It was amazing. The way the media covered this, by the way, was unbelievable. The media, we'll hear what Schumer said. The media covered this as Republicans pounce. And also, Trump does the same thing. So why is it a big deal if Schumer does it? Now, you're getting it wrong, guys. If Trump is the outlier, you can't then claim that Schumer is just doing what Trump does. That doesn't make Trump an outlier anymore. Here's the fact. Trump was never as much of an outlier as people wish that he had been. Here is, here is Chuck Schumer. I want to tell you, Gorsuch... I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Okay, so there are sitting justices, Supreme Court justices sitting for a lifetime. That means that what what will face them exactly? The only consequences that could face them are presumably impeachment or death, right? I mean, that, that would be it. Those are the only consequences that are possible. So what the hell does that mean? It's a vile thing to say. John Roberts, who usually is pretty quiet about this stuff, he then chided Schumer. He suggested it was irresponsible and dangerous. He said, this morning, Senator Schumer spoke at a rally in front of the Supreme Court while a case was being argued inside. Senator Schumer referred to two members of the court by name and said he wanted to tell them that you have released the world win and you will pay the price. You will not know what hit you. Roberts said, justices know the criticism comes with the territory, but threatening statements of this sort from the highest levels of government are not only inappropriate, they're dangerous. All members of the court will continue to do their job without fear or favor from whatever quarter. Schumer's spokesperson then suggested that Schumer was addressing Republican lawmakers when he said a price would be paid. Okay, we just played the clip. Obviously, he is not talking about Senate lawmakers. He is specifically talking about Supreme Court justices. Okay, so Schumer then gets attacked by Mitch McConnell. So Mitch McConnell ripped on Schumer correctly from the floor of the Senate. Your Senate Majority Leader. There is nothing to call this except a threat. And there's absolutely no question to whom, to whom it was directed. The minority leader of the United States Senate threatened two associate justices of the U.S. Supreme Court, period. There's no other way to interpret that. That obviously is true. Schumer then denied threatening the justices, but admits he shouldn't have used the words that he did. And so the, the, the purpose of all of this is to point out one quick thing. If Democrats are going to claim that Donald Trump is a political outlier, that Donald Trump is vile and terrible in heretofore unprecedented ways, you can't act like this. But they are acting like this. And guess what? They've been acting like this for quite a while. You know, over the last 48 hours, Bill Clinton came out and said that he was nailing Monica Lewinsky because he was stressed about his job. You guys have been here for a while. Donald Trump was not the murderer. He is the coroner. I think most Americans understand that. Okay, time for a couple of things that I like and then some things that I hate. So things that I like, number one, as I mentioned, new baby. That is a thing I love. That is awesome. So babies are fantastic. Also, it's a superpower. It is a superpower. Like what women do is unbelievable. When women say they're strong and then they're like, yeah, we can throw a baseball as fast as a man. It's like, no, you can't. And they say, well, we're, we're strong. We can 
We can pick up heavy objects. No, that's not what makes you a strong woman. You know what makes you a strong woman? Taking a human being and growing a human being in your body and then pushing a human being out of your body and then being able to feed the human being with your, like, that's a superpower, man. That is unbelievable. It's so, I mean, I've been privileged to watch it three times with my wife. It's incredible on every level. Level. My wife is a tough cookie. She is a tough cookie. She is just, she's awesome. All praise to my wife. You know, people are always say, coming up and saying, you know, mazel tov and congratulations and uh, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm fine. I didn't do anything. I got all the good parts, right? <laughs> I got the beginning and I got the end. And that's pretty much it, right? I got, the, I got the production process and then I got the receipt. Fantastic. My wife had to do all of the, all of the hard lifting here. And good for her. I mean, it's, it's an amazing thing. Thank God everybody's doing well. My wife is doing fine. She's perfectly healthy. The baby is perfectly healthy. Her siblings are loving her, which is just, as a parent, I can tell you, the amount of nachas, right, which is sort of the uh, pride that you get from your children treating each other well is unending. And my daughter is wonderful with her sister. My son is wonderful with his sister. It's a blast. We're really enjoying it. Yeah, we're short on the sleep, but it's the best thing in the world. So that is definitely, that's not just a thing I like. That is a thing that I love. And thank you all who who tweeted to me and and sent me emails. It really is appreciated. My wife appreciates it, too, appreciates it too. It's awesome. Okay, other things that I like. So my wife and I, in the, in the lead up to the birth, because we thought this baby was coming like three weeks ago. I mean, we've been on red alert for three weeks. We, we spent the last week or so doing a Christopher Nolan marathon, which is, it is the best way to welcome a baby into the world. In fact, it's, it's very funny. Last pregnancy, my wife was, uh, she was in labor and I happened to be wearing a Batman shirt and it was a picture of, of Batman. It was like from one of the comic books, maybe it was Arkham Asylum. It was a picture of Batman, like growling, like giving the, you know, and, and my wife found it very inspiring during labor. And so we actually brought it with us to the hospital this time and came for the, for the pushing. The baby came so fast, she didn't have to use it. But we were, we were doing our Christopher Nolan marathon. We are in the middle of almost finished with The Dark Knight Rises. Let me just say, this trilogy is just amazing. It's, it may, it's hard. Pre- it's between Lord of the Rings trilogy and Batman trilogy for best trilogy ever. It's, it's spectacular. So we were rewatching The Dark Knight Rises. It is great. It is so conservative. The entire film basically about why Bernie Sanders is a tool bag. I'll explain. Here, here's a little bit of the preview. Okay, so of course the villain in this one is Bane, played by Tom Hardy. And Bane is basically a an anarchist socialist, right? He, he's, a, he's an anarchist in the sense that he wants to tear down the entire society. He's a socialist in the sense that he wants to control the entire society from the top down. And his whole thing is that there's this gap between the rich and the poor in Gotham and everything is terrible in Gotham and we'll let the city tear itself apart but he's actually the one who's in control the whole time it's not the city tearing itself apart it's him tearing the city apart and there's this whole premise which is that Bane is extremely tough because he had a rough childhood and because he he grew up in in this pit and so because he was born in the darkness that he's tougher than Bruce Wayne who simply kind of chose the darkness and acclimated to it because Bruce Wayne grew up rich and then the movie is about how that doesn't matter. What, what matters is the qualities you cultivate in yourself, not the stuff that is inborn in you. It's just, it's such a, it's such an inherently conservative film. Dark Knight, by the way, is also a deeply conservative film. My friend Andrew Clavin, I remember, wrote an op-ed about The Dark Knight in which he pointed out that the entire thing is a metaphor for why the surveillance state is sometimes necessary, but then should be destroyed once it's unnecessary, which is absolutely true. So if, you, if you're looking to, for a great rewatchable, the entire Batman trilogy, just fantastic. Dark Knight Rises is spectacular. It is underrated because of how good the Dark Knight is, but it is maybe the best movie of the, of the tens. So Christopher Nolan is our greatest filmmaker, no question about it. 
So if you if you want to do something enjoyable tonight, watch watch Dark Knight Rises. Okay, time for some things that I hate. Alrighty. So as I said before, being a woman means you have a superpower. The superpower is you get to grow a, another human being in you and then give birth to the human being. By the way, your body changes as you're giving birth to the human being. Like hormones are released that make your, your joints looser, that change your physical structure almost to make it easier to birth the baby. Your, your pain receptors are blocked in certain ways so that you don't feel the pain as much. You literally get a superpower. Like the last two months of your pregnancy, you get a superpower beyond the superpower of being able to actually expand your body to grow a human being inside of it. And then you have a superpower after, which is you can feed a human being with your body, which is just unbelievable. It's incredible. So I watched that for the third time with, with my newest child, who's gorgeous again, thank God. And I thought to myself, now that seems like if, if you're a woman, you want to brag about like unique things that women can do, that would be it, right? Of all the unique things that women can do. And this is not to say women can't do many of the same things that men can do. Women are brilliant. My wife is a doctor, as I've mentioned one million times on this program. And I'm very proud of her for that. But being a doctor is something a man can do, and it's something a woman can do. You know it's something only a woman can do? And not a man who pretends to be a woman or believes he's a woman? Only a woman can do it? Giving birth to and nurturing a child in the way a woman can. Okay, that's a superhero power. It's unbelievable, and it's cool. The fact the feminist movement has degraded this is incredible. And the fact that the feminist movement has turned a key indicator of femininity into a mark of Cain. That if you are a woman who gets pregnant and ha- gives birth to children in a married family, you are now bad, right? You've done something wrong. You've betrayed your feminine power. That true power is th- this doing the same stuff that men can do. True non-power is doing stuff that only women can do. And this is why abortion has become a sacrament. Because abortion is a testament to the idea that true femininity is not in your natural capacity to be to do things that only females can do. True femininity lies instead in your capacity to deny your femininity and then go do the same kind of things that men do. And again, women can do all those things while also having the superpower. These are not mutually exclusive. You can be a doctor and a mother. You can be a comedian and a mother. You can do all of these things. Okay, but instead, abortion has become a sacrament and it is something that's celebrated. So we mentioned that Chuck Schumer rally a little bit earlier. That was the headline. That was not really the headline. The headline should have been what people were saying at this rally because the left has decided that abortion is not just something that is a necessary evil, which is a bad argument, but at least takes into account the moral gravitas of the act. They've decided that abortion is a positive good. It is something that ought to be cheered and celebrated. Leading that charge was Busy Phillips, an alleged comedian. I say alleged because I've never seen her do anything funny. So Busy Phillips gave a speech at this rally that is the speech of a Bond villain. I'm not kidding. This is a speech. I'll explain in a second. This is a speech of a Bond villain. Here's Busy Phillips explaining why she is so happy she had an abortion at 15. Sitting in Los Angeles in my beautiful office of my own late night talk show. Soon I would be driving my hybrid car to my beautiful home. I have all of this. All of it. Because. 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 I was allowed bodily autonomy at 15. That is evil. Okay, that's full on evil. Like normally when you hear people talk about the abortions they've had, it's because I wasn't ready to handle a child. Bad, bad reason, but at least not this. Sometimes you hear people say, well, the the child wouldn't have been wanted, would have had a bad life. Horrible reason, not this. I'm rich because I killed the baby. Is one, I mean, it's Michelle Williams said at the Oscars too. Remember, she said that, that she was happy that she'd had an abortion because it allowed her to have this acting career. Busy Phil, I mean, that is a Bond villain speech. Right before Bond escapes and then takes down the villain, that's the Bond villain speech. Do you see all of this 
rich, these rich wells around you, Mr. Bond. View all of the beautiful things around you. Do you see this gorgeous mansion? Do you see my staff of waiters and servants? Do you see the vast grounds of my estate and this vast empire I have built here? Do you see all that? That never would have been possible if I had not murdered all of the natives. Progress is reliant on the death of innocence, Mr. Bond, as you know, as you well know, Mr. Bond. And then you're like, okay, I hope Bond kills that guy. I mean, like, wow, that's that guy's real bad. Nobody should do anything bad to Busy Phillips, obviously. What she's saying there, horrendous, evil. Right? If, if this were a corporate head saying this, you would, you would understand this, right? If a corporate head said, let's say, let's call him Michael Bloomberg, right? Let's call him Michael Bloomberg. If Michael Bloomberg said, you know what? My company wouldn't have been as profitable if I hadn't told women to go get abortions. You'd be like, oh, that's terrible. That's a terrible thing to say. Profiting off the deaths of innocents? Like, that's, that's an awful thing to say. Busy Phillips believing that it's an excuse for her to kill a baby so that she can have a nice office. So I guess that it's proportionate now. So if she had killed like four babies, then she'd be a billionaire. Like that lady would be like Oprah if she'd killed four babies. So that was one line from the, from the rally. Other lines from the rally. Okay, so this one is, is particularly great also. So from the rally, one of these women gets up and she starts saying, let's hear it for women who've had abortions. Woo, big round of applause for killing babies. And then she realizes, wait a second, not only women have abortions, some men have abortions too. How, you ask? Well, because everybody has lost their mind. So she explains that we need to cheer for trans people who have had abortions. Let's hear it for Senator Schumer! Let's hear it for all the people who have abortions! Let's hear it for our trans folks who have abortions! Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, final clip. Rashida Tlaib, the execrable congresswoman from Michigan. Just terrible. So, um... She was also trying to explain that that people are pro-life because they want to control women's bodies, which has always been the stupidest argument to me in the world. Again, sexist men typically want to control women's bodies, not so they can make babies with them, but so they can have sex with them, right? This is what Bill Clinton said about Monica Lewinsky, effectively. Okay, but Rashida Tlaib, she's like, well, if you were going to be pro-life, if you're going to be pro-life, then maybe you shouldn't, ju- you should just not want to have sex with ladies, Okay, but she didn't only say that. She said she said something. She actually said, I'll give it to her. She said something on which there is wide bipartisan agreement. Here is, here's Rashida Tlaib expressing maybe the most bipartisan sentiment that I've heard in the recent past. And let me tell you this obsession with our bodies. You know, I in the legislature, in the Michigan legislature for six years, used to say people to people, yo, yo, you know what? You're so freaking obsessed with what I decide to do with my body. Maybe you shouldn't even want to have sex with me or with you or with any woman. Okay, on Rashida Tlaib, done. Done. Wide bipartisan agreement, 100% approval. No one wants to have sex with Rashida Tlaib. Everybody's on board. Well done. That is not a case in favor of abortion. But at least admit that when, when there's agreement, there's agreement. I'm glad we could come to consensus on one thing, which is nobody wants to have sex with Rashida Tlaib. That's, that's exciting stuff. All righty. Well, we will be back here on Monday or later today for two additional hours of content. Go check out dailywear.com. Subscribe right now. If you used the promo code NEVERSOCIALIST, you get 25% off of a subscription, which is a great deal. Otherwise, have yourself a wonderful week. You know what? Knock off early today. Take the next couple of days off. We'll be back here on Monday. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. 
We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Colton Haas, directed by Mike Joyner, executive producer Jeremy Boring, supervising producer Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling, assistant director Pavel Wydowski, technical producer Austin Stevens, playback and media operated by Nick Sheehan, associate producer Katie Swinnerton, edited by Adam Saievitz, audio is mixed by Mike Coromina, hair and makeup is by Nika Geneva. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. You know, the Matt Wall Show... It's not just another show about about politics. I think there are enough of those already out there. We talk about culture because culture drives politics and it drives everything else. So my main focuses are life, family, faith. Those are fundamental and that's what this show is about. I hope you'll give it a listen. Hey, we'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 